in our line of work. Yeah. In my line of work, and yeah. sometimes your line. Of work. <laughs> uh, we travel a lot, and it's not easy actually being away from home when you're filming in different city or for a few months at a time. And I like my family to feel as comfortable as possible. So what do I do? I go on Airbnb. And I look up all of the houses in the areas that I am going to be filming. And mm-hmm. I see if I can find the absolute best house for my family That's when I'm right. working. Actually, I worked in Albuquerque. I have a house in Albuquerque. And I rent it as an Airbnb. You sure do. So there you go. So think about it. Your home sits empty while you're away. Why not have your empty space earn some extra income? Hosting is a lot easier than you might think. You don't need an Airbnb, a whole house. You could just You could just host your spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. (laughs) Sibling rivalry. That's good. So you're about to listen to Willie and Libby Geist. This was actually a really, a really fun conversation. I, I actually, full disclosure, I was, I actually wasn't there as well. I was, I was doing it over uh, remotely because I had the flu. Obviously, there was a trip that we took, and I wasn't there, but I was there on video chat, and I participated in everything that happened. And uh, they're just a really down-to-earth, fun brother and sister. It's actually the first brother and sister that we've aired. We've done brother-brother and sister-sister. This is the first brother-sister we've aired, and it's such a different dynamic when you're dealing with the brother-sister relationship. You know, Willie tortured Libby like any good brother should. We have something in common 
Willie and I, we both made fake IDs growing up. I probably made more money than he did making these fake IDs. I was very entrepreneurial. I, I worked in the gray area of the law, but still made, still made some good dough at the age of 15 years old. And then they also had a huge plastic cow in their yard growing up, and we had the exact same fucking cow. There were a lot of similarities, actually. It was, it was really uh, it was fun. And, and, and um, Libby. She's done some cool stuff. Some of my favorite documentaries, actually. OJ made in America, won Oscar in, in 2017. Um, she's got these, uh, this Michael Jordan documentary coming out. I'm not sure if it's out yet or not, but it is coming out, which I cannot wait to see. I think it's a, I think it's a six-parter on Jordan. Anyway, we loved having him on the show. Enjoy the conversation. How long have you lived in New York? So we moved in 1980 to New Jersey when okay. I was five years old. And Libby was, was one. Were you even one? Maybe nine months. Less than one. Yeah. yeah. Um, my dad got a job with the New York Times. He was writing for the Chicago Tribune. I was born in Chicago. We both were. And when I was five, we moved to New Jersey when he got a job with the New York Times. So 40 years, not in the city, but I've lived in the city for 15 years, but around is your dad a Chicago native? Is that where, is he from? He, he's from downstate, as they call it. He's okay. from Champaign, Illinois. Um, and he went to the University of Illinois, which was up the street from his house. And as yeah, he says, like, cost $135 a semester. So his parents were like, you're going there. Yep. This was in the late 60s. And um, he met my mom there at the University of Illinois. Are they still together? Yeah. They are? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. I know. Was it's it long- always a harmonious household? Constant I mean, harmony. growing up? <laughs> Uninterrupted <laughs> harmony <laughs> for 50 years. Yes. <laughs> I think on the... Yeah, it was actually. Like it was yeah. a... Ha- people... I think you always look back on your life and you're like, were there moments of like strife? And w- was it... You know, what was the adversity that we had to overcome? There was little stuff, but yeah, it was a happy place. We, my dad was a writer for the New York Times. My mom was a social worker. And then she was a realtor in our town after that. And we had like a really nice, good suburban life. Went to the school up the block and the high school up a couple more blocks. And I would say it was like a pretty idyllic childhood. Definitely. And you were in Jersey. This is in Jersey. In Jersey. Yes. Ridgewood, New Jersey. Bergen yes. County, baby. Yes, yes. And how often did you come into the city? Mm, it was a, a big deal, I think. Yeah. I remember for big birthdays, like we'd get a limo and go in. You, you know, got a that limo? Was a yeah, I did. You didn't get any of the perks. <laughs> so here's got, the split. The this is an important split. Uh, okay. This is so fake, my dad, no, this is <laughs> very real and I'm going to lean into it. Not true. So my dad was a columnist for the Metro section of the New York Times okay. for seven years when I was growing up because we're five years apart. And then he was hired after that. Um, Don Hewitt, who founded 60 Minutes, was, um, read my dad's columns and said, hey, you ever think about doing TV? And my dad said, no, I'm a writer. And they had him shoot a pilot of one of his pieces and they loved it and CBS hired him. So he was making, oh. I don't know what in 1983 to be on the Metro columnist in New York Times, not that much probably, I'm guessing. And then a little more probably in the CBS years. So we always joke that I grew up in the New York Times years. I never rode a limo into the city. We took the short line bus into Port Authority. And Libby was riding limos in to see elaborate Broadway productions. Yeah. Four and a half years as junior. Such a different house that I lived in. Yeah. 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 But it was a big deal to go into the city. I mean, my mom always liked, and she still does, goes to shows. And she loves 
the city and the museums and just the vibrancy here. Are they still there? So they just moved. I just moved into the suburbs a couple of years ago and they followed. They're about they, 10 minutes so, away. Oh, that's nice. But it there is. was another step in there. So in yeah. they lived in New Jersey. And then when Libby left and went to college, they moved into the city because that's yeah. where they, their life was. So they lived on the Upper West Side for 15 or 16 years. Mm-hmm. And then last year moved to Connecticut. Yeah. So you guys really haven't left this not a lot the area yeah well except i went to college in nashville i went to vanderbilt for four years which was amazing did you love it i loved it libby went to the university of wisconsin all-time party school good sports oh yeah good everything i loved it there did you guys know that you i mean clearly you were going to get into the television world based on your dad i mean was that always kind of what you know, it's funny because people make that connection, obviously, because my dad was at CBS and I got into the business, too. But you have to know that our parents are very Midwestern. So we've never like sat down and like had talks about like, well, journalism's a noble profession and you ought to try it. It was just like by osmosis. And I could yeah. see that he was traveling to cool places and meeting interesting people and he enjoyed his job and like mm-hmm. it wasn't the old nine to five your dad comes home with his shoulders slumped and throws his briefcase he liked what he was doing it and was i think exciting. just by that you probably had the same experience i was gonna say it's similar people always ask the same question and you're like well we didn't sit around a table and talk about exactly. scripts <laughs> and a lot of his stuff on um, Sunday morning was personal. He did a lot of personal stories. Yeah. So there were cameras in our kitchen a lot of the time. Like yeah. there were his producers we knew pretty well. I remember at my wedding, they were they did a piece on my wedding. And his producer, material. Amy, really? was yeah. crying in front of the church. <laughs> Amy was the first person I saw when I got out of the car. And and she was like, I can't believe it. And I was like, you are not coming into the delivery room. This is where it stops. And she was like, got it. Like, all good. Okay. You know, so what, like, were, what were the things that he would, like, what would he do? He did, a big one was coaching our little league teams and, like, how outrageous and ridiculous suburban coaching yeah. is. He wrote a book about that eventually, too. He was basically an essayist. And it yeah. was, there was always some humor in it. But he was, you know, he'd go to the Iowa State Fair and tell some great story. He'd find these little kernels of stories that don't look like anything on paper and then turn into some amazing story that says something about America. And he wrote books about that. And and he did those pieces that like he was, he did one in our house in New Jersey where Martha Stewart had just become big. And she was like, you can make a Christmas wreath out of just things you find in your backyard. And in her backyard, of course, it was like these elaborate like figs and berries and that. So my dad went in our backyard and there was like a rusty Budweiser can and a tennis ball. And like, you know, it was stuff like he was funny, but also making some commentary. Um, And he was um, he like he was always having fun. But I, I do remember he not only did he not encourage us to get in, I remember when I graduated from college or I was about to graduate, he's, he was worried that I was going to get into it or he was worried that I thought that was the only thing that you could do. So he was like, I need you to go like meet with people who have other jobs just in case. Cause I was like, I want to do this. I'd done yeah. an internship. And, um, so I remember I went and like, there was a guy in our town who worked at like Goldman Sachs or something. I didn't know anything about finance. And I went and had lunch with him. Cause that's what you like. And he was like explaining the markets to me. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm not interested in what you're talking about. No disrespect. <laughs> and then my mom had me go meet a family friend. I remember this so well up in Connecticut who worked at like Northwest Mutual Insurance. 
And it was literally like, <laughs> here's how term life works. And I was like, oh my God. Like, Mom. And that like made it official, just yeah. rushed me into the TV business. Yeah. So you were fir- first born. Yes. And um, and then you guys are four and a half years apart. Yeah. So you probably remember her birth or when she came yeah, home. Yeah, I remember Life Without Libby. You remember yeah. Life Without Libby? So I mean, so I, I was young. That should be the, that's like your autobiography, by the life way, if you choose Libby. to write one. <laughs> It's, a, <laughs> that's Not a, weird it's at after all. we have our falling out. Yes, yeah. life for that. No, no, no. It's just it's, it's it's you just it's the first five years of your life. That's the whole book. And it would be life for that. We have very light a light cellar, but interesting to like three people who all live in my house. Um, I remember. I guess I remember. This was in Chicago, in Evanston, Illinois, which is basically Chicago, just outside in the north. Um, and I think I guess I remember it maybe more from photographs and, and images than actual. But I remember birthday parties, Dukes of Hazard cakes. I remember our little house that felt like a big house. And then like we went back and drove by it, and I was like, "That was the house. That's not the house." And it was the house, but in my mind it was huge. And I think it was I don't know two or three bedrooms. It was a, like a modest house on a but a great street with lots of kids. The kind of town that like you know had the block party and you know the neighbor would come over i got some zucchini out of my garden it was like that oh, like you didn't like that so world that's exists. so great those old school neighborhoods yeah, you know what i mean yeah. like they they i tried to find one here in la and, and i i live in sort of a you, semi-old school neighborhood you where do, you get to though. have that cul-de-sacs block parties yeah you know it's hard to find these days and it's it's mm-hmm. it's special you know it's it's actually really special for the kids i yeah. would say libby has found it though don't you think where you live well, now yeah yeah we live in the burbs and i think even in New Jersey, where we lived, we had the block parties and we had the friends, like the best friends across the street were my first sleepovers, you know, it's like, so that when I was, when I had, I have two little boys and I had them in the city and, you know, they were learning how to ride bikes, my older one. And we, I was just screaming at every intersection and I was like, this is not how it goes. Like this is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. Like I am not a fun mom. Fucking at the bus. Yes. Right. But yeah, I was like, this is not how side highway. And yes. it's sort of like, I know it's honestly why I but went back to L.A. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. yeah. It's weird. And like, but it's right. what you're used to, too. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you live in the city and have made it work completely with your kids. But for me, I was just like, all right. And our tiny two bedroom apartment was closing in. It was like having two crazy monkeys in the house. She has two so. little boys. Oh, man. Oh, insane yeah. It's a real. Yeah. But, but it, you know, it's funny if your kid, our kids were born in New York and this is all they know. So it's actually not weird to them. It's still weird to us. Right. Like my son, who's 10, plays baseball. But does you just live at Chelsea Piers? Yeah, you go to Chelsea Piers yeah. and his baseball is in, on the Upper West Side, it's in the basement. His baseball is in the basement of an old bank and they <laughs> bought out the vaults, <laughs> opened them up and it's just like 10 batting cages. It's so, it's so and New so York. like that's become normal. But we have friends from out of town. They're like, where does your son play baseball? I'm like, oh, in the basement of that bank. And they're like, that's not normal. That's not how you play baseball. Not baseball, wow. man. That is normal to George. Or on the neighbor thing, like we've lived in our building for three years. And actually, like, it's funny, this came up because like two days ago, the guy literally in the apartment next door opened the door and walked out. And I was like, I've never seen you in my life. <laughs> we like we live on the other side of a wall from each other. And we can touch hands through even, the wall yeah. and you're not even familiar no, looking so to crazy. me. Well, so Willie, when 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 Libby came home from the hospital, do you remember yes. her? <laughs> do you remember her that. infiltrating like, no. your world and totally screwing up your beautiful, you know, only child life? <laughs> 
trying to cause trouble he's projecting. Yeah. I mean, he's just yeah, projecting. I was going to say this is we should talk more. Yeah, about Yeah, which you, is so perhaps, interesting because we're Oliver. only two and a half years, but he really remembers right. those years <laughs> of, of of life without Kate. I don't. Yeah, I mean, we just yeah. remember life sort of together, you know. Yeah. But at that age gap, you know, it's like, oh wow, uh, uh, there's this new being that has sort of come into my world. Yes, I don't remember resenting you for that. I mean, maybe I'm. It was too young to remember that, but. Um, clearly you've lost half 50% at least of the attention. Actually, you lose more than that when the baby's new, but I, you know, the context I do remember it in is with our own kids. When my son, who's our second child was born, um, and my wife, Christina is in the hospital with the newborn and I'm bringing our daughter, Lucy into the hospital for the first time. And she has no idea that on the other side of that door oh, is this person <laughs> who's about to change her life and also like be like you guys, like be at her side for your whole life Forever. and it's like she has this life and this is how it is and i'm the focus of attention it's just me and then the door opens and in that second everything changes yeah. so yeah. i'm sure i had that that moment of like who's this chick what but were I, you guys like as kids um we had fun i don't yeah. remember i mean i was also young enough that I was always just your annoying little sister, I think, until that changed when we got older and we actually had things in common and understood. I was like, oh, I like you. I remember when you went to college. Sorry, it took 18 years. But (laughs) when you left, I was like, oh, wait, I think I miss him. And I think we I think we like each other now. You know, that's similar to Katie and I like when when I went to college is sort of when, you know, it had took me going away for us to get closer. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What we we also are far enough apart that we were never in school together. Right. Right. So we weren't competitive for friends. She wasn't showing up at our parties in high school. You know, she was right. just young enough that there was nothing competitive about our relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. My, my dad's really funny. My uncle, everybody's funny. So I would say we were, okay. there was a lot of humor in our house. What kind of stuff were you into as a kid? Definitely sports. Sports, movies, love movies. Yeah. And were you we had a sporty, sporty house? Okay. We did. Yeah, yeah, sporty, sporty house. I played in high school. I played football and basketball. Libby played tennis. tennis and basketball. She won the state championship in tennis. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Really good. She's fallen off hard really since then. Horrible clip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did actually I did when I was really young, I did summer stock, did a little acting. Oh. Not to brag, Kate and Oliver. Um, I think my mom actually my mom saw like I was on this like all sports trajectory and she was like, let's introduce some other some sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And I actually loved it. I was the only, and you probably know this already, I was the only boy in Miss Hannigan's all-girl orphanage in the really? 1985 Ridgewood Summerstock production of Annie. So I'm wow. sure. It was my favorite production yeah. of all time. That's all I ever wanted to be was Annie. Oh. I, I just Annie. wanted Were to you be ever Annie? Annie. Never. Only in my mind. Oh. And your grandfather, your grandfather won two Stanley Cups. Am I correct? With, am I correct? Oh, yes. My my great grand, our great grandfather is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Whoa. Herbie Lewis. Yep. He played cool. for the Detroit Red Wings in the 30s. And he was the captain of the team, and he won two Stanley Cups. How awesome is Isn't that? that cool? Oh, cool. And the crazy thing is, I can barely get across the ice on a pair of skates. Where are those rings? Ooh, the that's rings? a good question. I bet Uncle Mike has Yeah, them. our we uncle have, is sort of the historian. My, the, the one, my favorite part, not my favorite, one of the f- funny parts about my great-grandfather's, he was like a big star in his day. And this is a professional hockey player. He was the face of Camel Cigarettes. And we had, I mean, it's the 30s, right? So nobody knew about the cigarette problem. So we have framed print ads where he's in his full uniform. He's on the ice with a stick down on the ice 
in his amazing. Detroit Red Wings, and he's got a lung oh, dart amazing. coming oh out. Oh my god! Oh he's no! Like That's amazing. Smoke out the so side. Cool. <laughs> oh my god! So cool. That's a great pick. Do you you I have? Yeah, yeah. And then there's great. another camel ad where he's it's post game. He has a cigarette in one hand. He's in his uniform. Cigarette in one hand and a cheeseburger in the other. Because the idea back then was that a, a cigarette helped you digest a meal. So he's like, after a big oh game, God. I hammer down a cheeseburger and digest it with a camel. <laughs> you can't believe they were real. But, it's, but, but it's, they're very yeah, entertaining. Totally. Yeah. The ultimate athlete. Yeah. Which job do you like better? Oh, Ooh, good what question. I mean by this is not like, oh, of course, you love everybody at the Tate Show, you love everybody, yeah. but like, what is to you, like, where do you feel most fulfilled? Um, so I do, I know you're gonna give the political, no, answer. I won't, I'll okay. give you a good answer. Okay. So, but I'm just gonna lay it out first <laughs> while I'm thinking about it. First, politics, then reality. <laughs> so, during the week, I do Morning Joe, which is three hours of politics, and you're in the muck of, that is our political culture right now. And that's <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh oh, the flu's kicking up yeah. on remote. Um, that's great because this is a moment in history, and every morning at six a.m., like we're on the front lines of it. We have the first crack at it. Like that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And then my Sunday Today show is completely different, where we do news at the beginning of the show, fifteen minutes, and we'll talk about um, Washington. But then after that, we totally abandon it. And we'll do a profile of some super interesting actor or CEO or athlete or something. And so that's incredibly gratifying in its own way, partially, I think, because it's so different from what I do during the week. So I think for me, I think the most fun is being with my friends on Morning Joe every day just because right. that chemistry is so natural yeah. after 13 years. You don't have to think about it. Um, but in terms of gratifying, to be able to do... 15 minutes with al pacino and drive around in a convertible with him around so beverly fun. hills like yeah. that's a once in a lifetime cool thing to do so yeah. that's i cool. guess i'll give you sunday for gratifying and morning joe for fun is that a good enough yeah, cop out that's great okay. that's a perfect that's a perfect political answer yeah. <laughs> well it's fun funny that morning joe is fun though i think because we were saying you know i was like Willie, I love you. We're blood, but I cannot watch every day just because the politics and sort of the intensity of what you're talking about. And by the way, you have to know what you're talking about at yeah. 6 a.m. Well, you also managed to stay out of any heat. You seem to be like the likable journalist. <laughs> you know, it's like you kind of There's it's one. like Switzerland. My honest opinion is there are so many hot takes in the world right now. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a take on everything. And there's no shortage of it on Morning Joe that I do honestly think there's a place just for information. Right. Because all we get now, if you turn on the TV at night on whatever channel you like, yeah. it's all opinion, which is okay. But sometimes I, we're having this big food fight and I want to be like, oh, actually, for the viewers, here's what we're talking about. And here's the basis of that opinion. And here's a, you know, some numbers or statistics that contradict that opinion. So I think... If it's just a bunch of people spewing their opinions, it doesn't really get us anywhere. And I think it should be I think the problem, grounded though, in something. The problem, though, is like what is real anymore? Meaning like everyone is so against whatever their yes. facts are. It's, it's like, well, what's real? You watch this. You watch that. What is straight news? What are the facts these days? Right. You know, I mean, you know, where do you get Where do you where does one get even get information? And from? that and by the way, that is the you've just hit the core of the problem right now, which is that no, there's no shared truth. 
And we're really, where is the truth? We're, we're in a well, we're in a position. On morning, right, Joe. Yeah, on Morning Joe every morning at six a.m. Eastern. No, but the, that's, my, that's my show. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Find it there. Um, the truth is there if you're willing to accept it. And I think the problem is a lot of people will read a piece of truth and go, "Ooh, ooh that doesn't fit my narrative." How can I spin that truth to make it fit my narrative or ignore that truth? And I say that both ways. Obviously, the president has softened the ground so much by saying fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news, that when we say something that's critical of him or something that's true, he's able to turn and say, there they go again. I've told you for years, this is fake news. So don't believe this thing, even though it's basically, it's the old 1984. You don't believe your eyes, you know? The thing that's in front of you isn't real. But I will say also... The, the, from the other side, it's come to a position where you say Donald Trump lies so much that even when he says something that may have some truth to it, the other side will say he's lying again. So that's it's a really bad place to be. It's a really bad place to be yeah. when we can't even agree on something that's true or we can't give someone credit for something that's true. I have this thing right now where I just look at it as a mother, which is like yeah. if I was all of their mothers, what would I be saying to them right now? And that is stop it. Yes. It's just a it's it's a terrible example for the youngins. Yeah, I actually think about that a lot. You probably do yeah. too, Libby, which is my kids are twelve and ten. So they've sort of come of age. They were too young previously. I mean they of course they knew who President Obama was, but they're like this is when they're starting to pay attention to all this. And the idea that they think this is how it is or this is how it's supposed to be, or that um insults or ugliness are the way to get ahead. Or if um, if that person says something ugly, well, that justifies my doing that, which is another element of this era I hate, which is like, well, well, he, the president said that, so we can go be dicks too. Like, yeah. that's no, not the way to be, to your point. Stop it. Politics right now in the world is re- definitely in the forefront, right? This is what we're all thinking about and dealing with to the point where my kids now, when I was 10 and 9 and 12 years old, I didn't care about politics or what it meant or what the system was or how it operated. My kids now are interested in it just because it is in the front of everyone's minds. You know, they're questioning what the debates are, who the Democrats are, who the Republicans are, how the system works. You know, last night, Bodie, my nine-year-old, is watching the debates just randomly, and he goes, I think I like Elizabeth Warren. I mean, I just like what she's saying, and I like, she's calm. She's calm, you know, and, and then he goes, oh, God, Bernie Sanders really went after her. I mean, he's, he's engaged in the process, and now it's up to me to sort of try to explain yeah, how it works. Yeah, that's so interesting, yeah. We, we, I mean, we, my kids were watching it last night, too. I came home from something, and they were, like, lying on our bed. And the debate was on, yeah. 10 and 12 years old. And I, I can't decide if it's a good thing that they're sort of conscious of what's happening in the country or that they have been thrust into it because our culture is so now based on politics I know. that it they never, have to be in it. It never used to be like no. that. No, I mean, no. Yeah. I don't remember as a kid, like sitting down and watching no way. the no debates. Way, like I, this is the last thing on the planet. Yeah. You sort of like, I vaguely knew Ronald Reagan was president. Right. And, that was, <laughs> and that was fine. Sakara, we love Sakara. I, I got this mm-hmm. one. I remember, I remember going into your refrigerator uh-huh. looking for pieces of salami or anything else that and was meat based and bad for me. I saw a beautiful spread. I said, What is this? Can I box. eat it? And you said, No, don't touch it because it's for me. <laughs> so Sakara is a really good food delivery service. It's organic, ready to eat meals, powerful plant based ingredients. 
and they design them to boost your energy and improve mm-hmm. digestion, all that, all that good stuff. Yes. If you want a food delivery service that's really healthy, yeah. to me, it's my favorite. I need to do this. If you're a calorie person, it keeps your calories in check. If you're a point person like I am, it keeps your points in check. Like it's really, really well designed. I've never even done a food delivery service. You don't make it. It's ready to go. You really don't have to think about it. Is it breakfast, lunch, dinner, the whole deal? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to do this. Sakara, if you're listening, please, I need some food delivery service. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off. That's me because I listen to my own podcast. Off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash sibling or enter code sibling at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash sibling to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash sibling. I will be the first in line. Well, let, let, let's 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 get back to child. Yeah, I want I want to know about like growing up. So, did you guys fight? Um, we weren't big fighters. One thing that Libby hangs holds over my head oh, was is, um, yeah. I. You guys are probably like this too because I think it's generational. But when we were young, we watched totally age inappropriate movies. Which oh yeah, I wonder where there my were parents no were now rules. that I'm a parent. We had the same thing. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. A, a, I don't think it's back then. I still. I still. Porky's oh, is like still a there. staple in our. Oh, family. I heard. Yeah, I heard you talking to Kim all about that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terrorizing her children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrible. Yeah. But we. So we. I was into. And and by the way, we were in our old house, so I couldn't have been more than ten years old. And I was into the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Oh with yes. Jason. Oh oh me. And like, I was that five. was my jam. Oh, yeah. And I made so lip so, so I'm listen, five this, or five and a half. So keep she's in five mind. or five and a half. And like, baby. Let me come watch these. I'm five years old. This is worse than I remember. And, like, um, you should go this, to jail. As I say it out loud, yeah, I should be in prison for this. So but I, you would sit and watch. <laughs> I would force her to watch it. So she was five, obviously traumatized. There's a man in a hockey mask in the woods behind her house, probably right. Of course, you're five. But wait, it get, I, why, why am I saying this on a? It's okay. So I had okay. a little. No, like, because it gets worse though. It gets worse. So I had a <laughs> tiny, a tiny, cute little pink bedroom where mm. this little cute five-year-old would sleep, and there was a little, like a ledge, a roof, kind of right under my window, and so for some reason he forced me to watch Friday the Thirteenth, and then no, I lay in I my bed, true, and I get a little tap on my window. Uh oh! And you guys remember the sound? It's ch ch ch. When Jason's coming, oh yeah, yeah. So Jason's coming, and you're at my window, and I I don't know. This sounds like Oliver. Yeah, it just wasn't nice. But but think of the effort that didn't happen by accident. I had to climb onto the roof of our house, (laughs) get up to her window. I was so nice, knock and wake her up. And oh, yeah. I think she still carries that with her somewhere. I do. I actually do. hate scary movies and trailers, including trailers. I get <laughs> I scared of trailers. I, I was like you, though. I, I watched Friday the 13th, Nightmare <laughs> oh on Elm God, Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was forced to sit All there and, and watch them, too. Yes. <laughs> and then I would be like, I had to sleep in Ollie's room because I was like, I can't sleep in here. Oh. He'd be like, get out of my room. I'd be like, oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it was wow. terrible. Yeah. And, and, and then our nanny, though, like loved horror movies. That's oh, right. Man. So that's when fun. our parents were out of town, oh, no. she'd be like, just don't tell that your parents. <laughs> oh, my that's God. That's good. Yeah. I totally and forgot about that. She didn't mention that in the job I was going to say. No, no, she I didn't. I should point out I love horror movies. But, and I forced children to watch but them. But then for... Yeah. <laughs> right. 
I let my kids watch them. My, my six-year-old girl at the time was five. She's tougher than my older boys. I mean, she watched The Conjuring, Baba Duke. Oh she loves God. all of these. That's amazing. She's scary cool. movie. It, that, I'm, maybe I'm just. Is it? Is, is it cool? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll I, see how she turns out, I guess. I guess. <laughs> she's, she's, Time will tell. I, know. I think she's going to be okay, but we'll see. We'll see. It's a wait and see. It's a yeah. fun Conjuring. experiment. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a little heavy yeah. I, um, I remember my so, my dad took me to see um, beverly hills cop which oh, was eight, yeah. 1984 so i was nine and that's a movie that's rated r that's a movie about cocaine trafficking yeah and uh there's Strippers. a strip club and and eddie murphy says fuck every other word and i was nine i was like yeah dad take him to the scary fucking movies this is the problem <laughs> look you guys turned out you guys turned out great look at how well-rounded you are I'm and successful I've got you some are itch stuff you know going on. i mean <laughs> i would like to talk it that's out that's cuz he was torturing you at 5 so that's that the right I'm word with you i'm with you but you asked if we fought but it was a to- it wasn't we didn't physically fight cuz he's a huge man mm. he's a big dude but i he it was more of a mental Horrible yeah, torture. That's how Oliver was with me. <laughs> and here's, back a little. We'll take that out and post. Here's yeah. the, <laughs> we'll cut that. And here's the thing, though. It, I think it's because we're just their sisters, their younger right. sisters. Like yeah. boys, I watch how my boys do that to each other all the time. Yeah. They handle it totally differently. Totally. Yeah. I think they probably thought, like, oh, but this is what I would want my older brother to be doing right. to me. This right. is what we mm. do. Right. And, we're, and, then, and then we're like, But my boys no. just end up punching each other in the face and they end it. Right, right. exactly. And I'm just like and we're trying and walk right. away. They just put it away for 40 years. Yeah. Until yeah, <laughs> the podcast comes up. <laughs> exactly. We're unpacking it. We're like, you tortured. That was mean. It was so yeah. mean. I should have just punched you in the face, I guess. Yes. That would have been the better answer. That's what push my you dad off the said to me one time about Oliver. He goes, you, you should just punch him in the face. And <laughs> I was like, not huh? Terrible advice. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Oh, it's still coming. It'll come. It'll come. One day. I know. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for that. What if I just punched you in the face out of nowhere? One that day? would be fucking hysterical. <laughs> it would be cathartic. What you a know? Just yeah. Let it out. Just Kate. Like, let totally it out. Like Oliver just talking and me just like. Just a quick shot. Did you guys did you guys get along all the time, or was the age discrepancy so much that it was like you kind of did your own thing? That's what it was. I think we were doing our own thing. I know. um, I think again, I was the younger sort of annoying sister, but I also wore your jerseys to your games. Like he, you know, he played mm. basketball and football. Like I also, I think was nerdy and cheering I forced for you. Her to wear my yeah. Jersey no, game. no yeah. but I do. I remember your last football game in high school and I remember being in the stands with mom and I was like tearing up and crying because I knew how much you loved it. and I knew you weren't going to do it again. So I think like we had a connection. It was just, again, being so much younger, I wasn't in the mix so much, but I was cheering for you. Did you look up to him as, as a human? Yes. Oh, yes. Your big brother? Oh, she's never said that before. Sorry. Yeah. Thanks, of Oliver. Course. She would never say that without your prompting. Yeah, never. No. Um, no, of course <laughs> I did. I mean, yeah, he was a good guy. I loved his friends. I had crushes on all your friends. I don't know if you knew that. Some, um, yeah. And no, but I well. think it was Kate fun cheering him on and cheering your teams on. I mean, that's sort of like how the sports were such a big part of it, I guess. But um, yeah, no, I think it was good to have. Did a you ever? Buddy. Did you- 
Did you ever hook up with any of his friends? Never. The, the, Thank the, you for asking. This, I did not. Imagine if I just learned that on this podcast. Oliver just trying to get Oliver just it's the I'd be like, we have thing. to stop down. I need five minutes. Yeah. No, but my friends, the spread was big enough. My friends were like big brothers to her. Yeah. So yeah. I'm yeah. glad I didn't learn anything new yeah. today. Well, Oliver, but, yeah. it was always hooking up with my girlfriends. Oh, that's like cute. all of them. I think you hooked up with all of them. That's kind of gross. But. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so now you go away what did that feel like for you when he left for college uh it was a big change yeah because um obviously I'd never lived without you and so when he went off to school I remember we would write letters mm-hmm. this is pre-email this is pre-email so yeah. yeah and the worst story oh no is I had a party <laughs> Our parents went away and I had a big party and it was a bad one because it was early high school so we were you know, you Beer pull ball. out parents' old, like strange old gin drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was an ugly <laughs> night, like some vomiting and just like a, hard, a early, early drinking sure. night. And I put the entire episode, and my friends were all sleeping over the house. It was just a strange, crazy thing. And I wrote the entire detail of what we did and was like, hey, Willie, hope you're great. I drank nine shots of tequila the first time drinking, and this is like all the horrible things that happened. And I left it on our kitchen counter for my mom oh, to mom, mail to him. <laughs> and obviously she read it. I think she was like reading all of our uh. journals and stuff. And that was the first time I really got in trouble. But yeah. I do remember we had, and I think we have them. There was like some letters back and forth where you were like, you know, oh. keep working hard. Oh. You got this, you know. And then and then as I got older, we visit we had a couple of really fun visits. And he had his high school sweetheart was at school with him. So we had known Christina. Oh, really? Yeah. So he married That's... his high school sweetheart. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we wow. actually we met in sixth grade in middle school in Jersey. Wow. We were friends. Then we started dating junior in high school. The short version of the story is she wanted to go to UVA. We both got into Vanderbilt which was much easier to get into back then. I need to stipulate that. She wanted to go to UVA, didn't get in at the last minute, and she called me. She said, hey, we're going to college together. So we went to college together. We broke up at the beginning, but it was a small enough school that it was hard to maintain that, so we actually stayed together through college. And then after college, we broke up in our 20s and then found each other again later in our 20s. Stop. Wow. Now we're married and we got two kids and that's But that's so that's awesome. Awesome. me visiting Willie also meant I was visiting Christina because I'd also known her and her family, you know, for yeah. all those years too. So that was cool. I mean, that was fun. That's so great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would story. stay with her, go to your crazy, you know, frat parties and see what college life was like and come back. It was Going awesome. Going to Ollie's frat parties made me not want to go to college. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, Libby, did you effect. did you go to did you go to college and visit him and go to parties and stuff? I she did. did. I did. did. Yeah. That was an interesting did introduction. You co- didn't you come to the medieval party? No, what? it uh, was your the basketball Oh the yeah. The, you were naked dunking he dunked naked, <laughs> which was fun to see. Yeah. And Christina was like Can the, you please talk about that on Morning Joe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. stays here, guys. <laughs> Sorry. That stays here. Cut that story. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say, for the record, I had a jock strap on so you could see oh, cheeks, sorry. but the okay. front was covered. Okay. Out of oh, respect that's nice. To, that's better. Yeah. Thanks again. Everyone. <laughs> okay. So now your turn to go to college. As Willie said, my parents went to the University of Illinois, and our whole family was from Chicago, really, in the Midwest. So I 
Um, always liked the idea of a big school, but I couldn't go to Illinois because that's where my parents wanted me to go to, of course. So I looked at a lot of schools all around the country, but then I went to Madison with my dad. He took me to the University of Wisconsin to visit, and we just sort of looked at each other, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, it's just such a special town. It's the best city. It's the capital, and they so they have – you know, big musical acts and there was a ton of politics happening. Oh, yeah. The sports were great. And, you know, it's lots on beautiful of lakes, lots yes. of custard and cheese. Love and broth. Custard. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I immediately fell in love with Madison and anyone I talked to was like, oh, yeah, like that's the, you know, so it was it was I applied to a ton of schools, but I, I kind of knew I wanted to go there. But it's hard. It's a huge school far away from home. It's so. also New freezing yeah. and it's freezing. We didn't mind. You're in school at this point. You were like you hit the ground running. You're like, see, ya, I know what I'm going to do. I want to yeah. go right to work. Right? Yeah. So I graduated um, college in 97. I came home. So I came home from Nashville, came back home to New Jersey. And I was just going to spend the summer at home and then go find a job. And I was driving, the not to brag, but I was driving the liquor delivery truck for Wine and Spirit World in oh, Hohokus, New Jersey. Oh. Yeah, pretty good at that. Good job. And uh, <laughs> so I did that the sum- that summer and I was having so much fun that it like bled all the way into Thanksgiving and Christmas. And my parents were like, hey, you going to get a job or what? I was like, I don't know, this is going pretty well. But I ended up, all my bunch of my buddies had moved to Atlanta and so I just decided I'm going to move to Atlanta and figure it out. And so I moved there. I applied to CNN uh, and to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the newspaper down there. The AJC didn't have a job. CNN did have a job. And that's literally why I got into TV. I just took the job. Wow, that was in front okay. Of me. So I was What in, was your first job? It was uh, I was an editor. It's actually at their sports network, CNN Sports Illustrated, oh. which I, I remember sports, that. So it yep. was perfect. Yeah, it was short-lived, but it was fun. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it was a bunch of young guys, mostly guys my age, like covering sports and watching games and editing highlights. And like, it was just fun. You know, it was like a continuation of college, but you're getting paid. Not much, but you're getting paid. And so that was my first job in Atlanta. Atlanta's a cool city to to be that age in. It really, that's that's interesting you know that because yeah. it's underrated like the bars are open really late yeah, some fun. of them are 24 hours like it's a good party town it's good and all the schools from the south like that's where you go i remember you it was like the open newsroom setup, and yeah. so you'd be like i'm on the computer behind the you know the guy who's sitting at the desk on the left side of the shoulder so my parents and i would like tune in and it's like that was your first yeah. on air, I guess. That's how I would try to get on the TV. Back in the newsroom. I would walk behind like, the Oh my God, and he went like, to the printer. Like, we just saw it, you know? <laughs> Grab That's, something off the printer and yeah. like look Funny. at my mom oh, and so keep walking. Funny. Yeah. That was my first uh, TV. Now, when you were in college, what was your yeah. focus? So, I was a political science major, which meant I didn't know what I wanted to do. Same. <laughs> yeah. I was too. But, no, I loved school. I had probably more fun than I should have, I would say, but it was great. Yeah. And then um, I interned at Conan, late night with Conan O'Brien. That was a good first step. I actually, when I was working at that, driving the liquor truck, I thought maybe I wanted to be like a writer for Conan too. And I put together that summer, I worked like all summer, and I put together a writing packet and I got the address and everything. I didn't know how anything worked. So I just got it and I put it in this big manila folder. And I remember the mailbox outside Wine and Spirit World. I paused and I was like, when I'm like a late night host someday, 
I'll, I'll remember this moment in this mailbox because this is how it all began. Really? And I put it in and I <laughs> sent it away. So dramatic. I, I was yeah. very dramatic. Yeah. I was like, this is my this ticket is- out, baby. <laughs> and then it, like, it w- took weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I got a letter and I was like, this is it. Went to the mailbox and I was like, I'm going to wait till I get home to open it and see when I start and all that. And I opened it up and it literally, which I understand now, it was like, um, not only do we not have a position for you, we didn't read a single word of what you oh wrote because they have to protect themselves from like liability <laughs> oh, yeah. that oh, of course. if they did something similar, I could oh say they God. stole it from me. So they're like, wow. no one even looked at it. Oh. Everyone hates you. <laughs> Never so show sad. your face. It's worse than a rejection letter. It it's literally like you don't exist. What did you to write? You you it was all, I think I wrote like monologue jokes and he was doing oh. all those car- those crazy like character you know the masturbating bear do you remember any of your monologue jokes i'm sure they were like (laughs) bad topical let's see that was 1997 like some bad clinton jokes or something i'm so glad i don't know where it is because i've been awful (laughs) awful oh no there's still time willie there's still time there's time so after um madison explain what you do libby what i do now now yeah yes so i have worked at espn for 11 years she wins oscars kate i know well i'm gonna dispute you yes so the film the documentaries are different than your world so the documentary one and our director and main producer won but we did not technically win the she film won. won she did a movie Willie's that like, won an oscar why don't you just say you won an oscar because i don't have the, everyone's like where'd you put it i was like well i didn't really win and we didn't go on stage it's like sort no, of no not going on stage yeah. didn't mean you weren't a part of an oscar yeah, winning you project won. yeah you the won. film won. we're very excited okay uh, great. okay just, this is like corporate speak <laughs> that they made it but sense. also yeah. <laughs> so my parents and willie and christina got dressed up in black tie and watched the oscars from, from new, york. new york city on the upper West Side. Your sister's not there's the for an funniest Oscar. video of them celebrating. It was so cute. We it was really nice. It, it was awesome. It. That's yeah. so exciting. That okay. was the OJ okay. Made in America was the series they wanted. Right. Yeah. So, so I work at ESPN. So I started there 11 years ago when they were just kind of coming up with 30 for 30, which is our sports documentary series. And um, so I started, I've done a lot of different jobs there. Like I um, was in production, a producer, then I was just doing development, like finding the stories and the filmmakers and matching them together. And now I oversee the department, ESPN Films, um, and a bunch of our content on ESPN Plus, which is the new streaming service that we have. So How fun. Um, yeah, it's really fun. What a cool job. I know. Because you not only get to work in storytelling, right. but these are real people truly aspirational stories yeah my favorite 30 for 30s are not actually sports films you know yeah. like oj you could have shown very little football but you know it's the story of a man in a city and you know culture um and so that's what we look for in everything we do they have some that they just finished one on lance armstrong and one on bruce Ooh. lee yeah. yeah yeah so those both were at sundance which is really fun and i also think just in this moment of unscripted and um, all of the documentary stuff that's happening and the series coming out, like this is such a huge booming time. And so for us to say, we have, here I am, I have money, I want to work with young, hungry filmmakers um, and millions of people are going to see these. Like it feels like a really lucky place to be. So when we go around, I mean, I, we laughed after the first couple of years of 30 for 30, we were laughing, we're like, 
I can't believe who's taking my phone calls right now. Like this is so bizarre. What you know? a great! But, I love thirty for but thirty. But it's really lucky. So yeah, great. it's really fun. It's the greatest. for a woman to be running at that that department at ESPN is yeah. so awesome. Yeah, and thanks. Well, people say all the time they're like, it must be really hard to be at ESPN. I'm like, not really. I've honestly had really great mentors. They've been so good to me. I've. And I know that's not for everybody's story, but I feel really lucky. And the you funny know, thing about Libby is she's not really a sports fan, so we always right. laugh that she's at ESPN. She's a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. Who happened? She made. She was working somewhere else, and they made a film for ESPN. And ESPN said, "Hey, you were really good at that. Do you want to come work here?" So if you ask her, like, who's in first place in the Eastern Conference right now? She definitely not does not know. I know it's not. But the next. yet she's running this huge department for ESPN. Years ago, for the 40th anniversary of Title IX, we did a series called Nine for Nine with nine directors and nine stories. And we were really, really careful that those weren't all like, rah, rah, like the first to do this and the first to do that. I was like, no, we have now we have real history. There are real stories, good and bad. And so we tried to find really edgy stories that people would love and talk about. Because I think it's really hard to find stories that um, – are marketable and that people are interested in seeing. And that's so sad to say, but if it's not Serena or a huge topic, male or female, it's hard to get people excited. So that's a struggle sometimes, honestly, but we're constantly working harder to find really strong women's stories, but also female directors. I always say women almost never pitch to me, which I think is so interesting. And so that's a huge concerted effort. Like, you know, anytime I go to festivals, I'm like, I, you know, you may not think to call me, but here's my card. Like if there's ever something you're interested in. But there's so many amazing female stories. So many. We also do, we launched podcasts, um, like almost documentary style audio um, podcasts a couple years ago. And my favorite one that we did actually is about Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird um, playing in Russia because women have to play to make money. They have to continue playing. They play all year. So they all go abroad and they went and played for this guy Shabtai who was actually a Russian mobster who owned a team in Russia. Cool. But they're, yes. the way they talk about their life there, cool they lived crazy. in a mansion and he would bring them like fresh strawberries Caviar. and yeah. Yeah, massages. <laughs> it was like the total opposite of how their life is here in the WNBA. But they made a ton of money and their life in Russia was so weird. And Diana is hilarious, by the way. And they just talk about this. And then, it, you know, the the dark side of that is Shabtai, like how he was funding all of that sure. and what his mobster business was. Wait, did, is, is, this, is this, did you already tell the story? We did. It was a podcast. Yeah. Both of you guys are so accomplished and doing really interesting, but wonderful you, things. You know, it's been really fun since she says she didn't win an Oscar. Since their film won an Oscar and all these 30 for 30s get attention, everyone is seeing like how great and how smart and she is. Because when you're on TV, people think, okay, you're the you're the uh, the, the one in the family who, who does those things. But Libby's doing these incredible things and doing this great work and she's these deep dives and really interesting stories you get jealous of her work sometimes the the time she has to tell those stories honestly because ours is like turn it around get it on the show sunday that's she's taking months she's making movies she's making films you know she's making documentaries which is my husband is in tv as well and he's a producer and he was like how long does it take you to do your cute little two-hour projects like i produce two hours of tv every single day i was like but i'm an artist and you know like (laughs) yeah Yes. Our, all of our graphics yes. and our archival and you know have you ever had felt competitive with each other in any no. in any I way? honestly haven't I haven't either I mean I maybe know. we should That's a boring answer I'm always happy for her success I'm um always proud of her I never thought oh I, w- I mean 
you're creatively jealous, like, oh, boy, that was good. That Lance Singer, that Bruce Lee, that was good. Yeah. You know, but I'm happy for it. There's no, we're just not in the same lane and never yeah. have been. Yeah. Even, even right. in our house because of the, the age difference. Well, 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 what about just even going back a little bit? Like, when did you guys get close? You know, obviously you had separation through high school and then college. You were, there was an age gap. But was there a time when it was like, oh, you are my homegirl. You are my homeboy. We are now like becoming best friends. I honestly sort of felt that way I'd say after high school like yeah. right when I was yeah. in college and when you to me right. be, were like a real person I could sit and talk to and right. hang out with and yeah, yeah. we could share things a little more. Um but we I mean we had stuff in our house like our dad has Parkinson's disease and he's had it for 30 years. Oh really? And he yeah, I mean a lot of it it started in like 92 or something like that. So I was leaving to go to college and we didn't know that it was, our parents were very strange about it. Like they didn't admit that he had Parkinson's right. for a long time. We're like, what's or going on with dad? They're up. like, they didn't want to scare he just, you. He, probably. He's fine. They, yeah. That's what it was. They yeah. thought they were oh, wow. years so, to say the words and we're like, Oh, okay. Like it just, but that sort of like, I think everybody can relate in some way. That thing that's like at the center of your family, it like, pulls you together and it still yeah. does like you know yeah. we talk and we catch up about work and our families but there's always some nugget of like okay what's how are they doing how's dad what needs to happen are you going to see him like all that stuff was yeah. did you there. guys have ever ever have any sort of resentments of of your mom not telling you you know it, it was 10 yeah. years right he didn't <laughs> yes. Ten years. yes yeah yes yes we did it was very frustrating but but um I don't think they said it out loud for at least 10 years, wow. maybe more. Yeah. But because he was young, he was in his 40s and it progressed very slowly. So we didn't have tremors. It, it wasn't, wasn't clear like he to was us what it was. You know, he didn't yeah. have tremors. He wasn't shaking and all those things. But he was slowing down and he was taking naps and all those things. And we were like, I don't know how this so works, but you're him. only 52. You shouldn't be like, slowing down this quickly and so finally we probably should have just known sooner sure. but finally no, we just I said mean, what's going on i was like oh dad has parkinson's disease and we're like <laughs> what wow and i <laughs> For think a decade but i think yeah. you're right though yeah. she was like yes you're going to college you've got you're starting your life and your career i don't want you thinking about this how old were you guys when when they told you that your dad had parkinson's i was in my 20s so yeah, you must have been in early 20s yeah yeah uh, mid yeah I yeah mean, it was late enough but i think i just remember like, well, I wish I, I mean, the only reason I was mad is I would make fun of him. <laughs> like I would tease him. Like, like you are the worst driver in the world. You know, yeah. like I would like throw it at him. Right. Oh, God. Or or like, like, why know, are you taking like, a nap? I know. Like, what years are you? Old? Oh, no. hundred years old, like yeah. taking naps. Oh, like no. what is your deal? Yeah. And then I remember her, I was like, I, you know, I remember her telling us and I was just like, well, yeah, we now, could have helped. Like, I'm not. Yeah, I have an, a decade I'm of apologies now. Right. Exactly. I know. Yeah, I know that. You, now I, which we I'm do the, anyway, by the way. Like, we yeah. still throw it at him. You know, yes. he's like, oh, I'm going to drop the P card because I don't want to go to this dinner or something. Yeah. You know, like, we still right. are oh, funny. <laughs> but it's it just obviously changed the dynamics but he, of us helping and. And, I don't know. But that came from him, too. His whole thing was like, we didn't want you guys to worry about this. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want, you know, and he's also, again, going back to the Midwestern thing, he's sort of humble and it wasn't he always says like if you were grew up in champaign illinois in the 1940s and 50s you weren't allowed to like emote like you and your dad didn't talk about how you were feeling or anything so i think he carried that with him yeah. he didn't want to express that he was in some pain or that life was hard and so he never right. did and we had to really push him to that place because he was on television we said dad if you came out and said this 
you could help other people talk about what you're going through, bring some attention to it. Look at what Michael J. Fox has done and right. et cetera, et cetera. And so he finally did. I think 2012, he went on CBS Sunday morning. And by the way, the audience knew for 10 years because he did have movement at that point. So it wasn't a shock to them. They were right. relieved that he said it out loud yeah. and we could now talk about it. So, How old are your parents? 70, he'll be 75 this year and my mom's 73. Has he, has he softened as he's gotten older as far as sort of that stoic man? I mean, is he, is he, is thing, yes, things um, shifted? Yeah, I think grandkids yeah, have definitely so done that. that. Libby has sure. these sweet, awesome two little boys, and my daughter's twelve, my son's ten, and How that old definitely are your has kids? five and seven. Okay, yeah. Are they close? Yes, yeah. yeah. Really close. They're yeah. so cute. His kids are superheroes in our house. They're just old enough that, like, you know, when they're together, uh, they suddenly are like, "We'll eat cousins, anything, and man, we're cool, cousins, and we behave." It's just so they're yeah. so cute. It's, it's really so fun. great. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that makes me so happy because. Cousins, like our kids, are so, they're like almost like brothers yes. and sisters. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Where are you guys at with reprimanding each other's kids? Like, are you allowed to tell each other's kids off? You, and we my do kids a little need bit. a lot more reprimanding than yours do at the moment. No, sure. we do. We do though. Like if they're they're we're at our kids. house, yeah. we have hardcore no whining policies, and we're. <laughs> I think we view it as like you know you tune out your own parents sometimes and they'll libby's kids will actually listen to us because we're the exactly. aunt and uncle that happens a lot and so we like libby uses us i think as third party discipline like i'm going to send them to your house her yeah. son her older son russell comes to our house for a week in the summer and goes to summer camp dude camp, and we call it dude camp with him and my son george and like there are hard rules so it's a little bit yeah. of like breaking the pony like yeah. bringing them in i yeah. i right. feel that way it's with different... oliver's kids yeah. Yeah. when they get yeah. into my house it's a very i'm like if like one of them was at like one of them's acting out, I'm always like, just send them to my yeah, house yeah. for two weeks. That's it. That's oh right. well, totally. well, sometimes sometimes they come back home and like Auntie Kate's like so strict. <laughs> she did this. <laughs> she always she like yelled at me because I did this. I'm like, well, yeah. you know, yeah, that's, that's you probably needed it, and then you, you know? pay back by having the kids over for horror films at your house. So right, it works out exactly. great. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, that's so true. <laughs> do you do you ever give each other advice? He, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we're a lot of work stuff. I feel like there's a few people you really trust to give you the straight talk, you know, whether it's my own career or choices or if there's something going on. I, he's always one of my first calls just because he's in the business, which I feel lucky that he gets what I'm talking about and the language that you're speaking. And he gets me so well. I mean, there's nobody else, my husband, obviously, but I think the two of them are who I go to or I'm like, all right, this is the deal. And I can be honest with you about every part of that. There's no holding back. So yeah. How about one word to describe each other? Oh shit. She's cool. And I say that in the sense of, um, I always used to say she was like among my friends, she was like Cameron Diaz and something about Mary. She was like that cool, smart, like all your guy, your, my friends and her guy friends actually wanted to date her. She's just like, She's cool, me, and she's self-deprecating, and she's humble. And I think that's all part of being cool. Like to be really good at what you do, and be humble about it. To me, that's cool. It's fun to be a cool girl. Yeah, because you could be a pretty girl, or you could be cute, or you could be fun. Yeah, but to be like, oh, fun. she's cool. Yeah, I think that's, you're cool. I like too. that. Oh, I think thanks. you're both cool. Yeah, yeah, you are cool. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like you are cool. Is exactly what I would say if we left, and they're like, "How is Libby?" I'd be like, "She's cool." Yeah, I love it. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Okay, what what word would you use to describe? Uh, I think it's funny because it's. I think people think you are 
a quick story. My my um, son always says, he's like, I don't understand. Willie's so serious when he's on TV, but he's so crazy and weird in real life. Like he just thinks it's Clearly. so funny. So I think it's After funny people Jason think you're story, serious. Think yeah, <laughs> but he's so goofy. So I would say he's really funny for sure. And I don't know that everyone knows that you're very funny. And he's also a sports freak. You are an encyclopedia about sports. And I don't know, maybe in your next life, you'll be a sports guy. I know. If it's I weird that I work at ESPN. ESPN. I, can I get know. a job there. Yeah. But he, you can rattle off the most obscure game. You get a little like bit of that in on, on Morning yeah. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. You do your baseball. There's Joe baseball. loves baseball. Yeah. Yep. We get some Yankees, some Red Sox. Yeah. Barnacle yeah. Get you in there. Yep. All right. How about who is the, who was the, who is the Stanley Cup MVP of the last Blackhawks win? St- oh, the, oh, last Blackhawks win. Last um, Blackhawks Cup. Who was the who was, was the Jonathan MVP Taves? Of the no, Kane. Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. I mean, see? And I don't <laughs> really, Oliver doesn't and even I, know. And I don't know that much about <laughs> hockey either. Ollie has no <laughs> there idea. There we go. Yes, Ollie. Nice. That's really good. Okay. Um, I always these are so hard because I because I remember people ask me these questions all the time. Like, what is your funniest memory on set? You're like I don't know, um, but go ahead and ask. But me. what was, um, but what was your funniest childhood memory? Oh, no, oh, I'm kidding. God. Of the whole entire childhood. You, I mean, I feel like you told one. Well, the, ours is just our parents were quirky and funny, and we had this is. We had a life-size plastic cow in our front yard while oh I was growing up. Oh, my God. Up. We no had way. the plastic cow. You do? No. Yes. We, we have a life-size plastic Stop. cow. We still what? have it in we there. Still no, have it. We still have it. Wait, wait you still have weird it. too? And no, if ours was cow. from L.A., it was probably yeah, from the same store. Yeah, they shipped it over. God, they it was were the, my dad's big gift. They were probably siblings. <laughs> <laughs> they were separated. We should get them back together. That's so, so weird. <laughs> oh, my God. But we had weird stuff like that. We had a bust of Elvis in mm. our dining room, just sort of like yes. in a beautiful position. We had a huge, weird, maybe it was art, but I don't think, like a Heinz ketchup bottle that was like the size of a toddler. Yeah, we just—it's not a good story, but we just had weird, shit really weird. Like it's almost like out of the Christmas story, it like is. the lamp with the and yeah. The, the artwork was in our dining room. They had a framed photograph of the stock photo from Steak and Shake of the burger and fries, like you would see on the wall oh, of the fast yeah. food place. Like that was framed nicely in our dining room. That's kind of cool. Like That's very, cool. Like, almost like Warholly, but it was you know nah. not Warhol. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the actual you know what the 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 cow our cow story is that my dad saw it in L.A. Offhand was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we had one of those? My mom calls, has it shipped and sent for and gives it to him for Christmas that that year. She put it in the front yard and said, go outside. And he said, oh my god, I can't believe you got the cow. So that's great. So we all go inside for the night. The cow lives in the yard. We wake up the next morning. The cow is gone. Who Someone stole the cow? Sta- saw it and stole the cow. No, but and it was it was neighborhood kids. So we tracked it down. Took a couple days. No, but they couldn't get it upstairs. They wanted to put it in their bedroom or something, and they yeah. couldn't get it upstairs. So they just brought it back, and they were like, "Sorry, it was like a bunch of dudes in my grade, I think." But it was classic, like <laughs> classic, like suburban New Jersey. They had like a nice bottle of Chardonnay on the top. Like, so sorry for stealing your cow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who on fucking earth? I know. And grew I was up like, with a pla- and I was like, <laughs> it was hard to be me, like to yeah. try to be cool in high school. And that, you know, it's like, I don't know. But it became normal by. to us. And then people would come over and be like, fuck's going off the cow in the backyard? Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah that is weird. weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who calls the other one more? Um, I think I call you more. 
Yeah. You might. She's very Maybe. busy. She's very busy. She doesn't have a lot of time for me with the Oscars and everything. Oh, right. my God. Yeah. Of course. Lot, Winning all those gold yeah. statues. Yeah, the statues. Uh, most disagreed on topic. Libby, um, she's like, has a competitive fire. Um, <laughs> and she gets worked up very easily. Like, she gets like pissed off real quick yeah. about something. It's what happens when you grow up with older brothers. That's what it is. Yeah. You got to be so on. So maybe your- we disagree, like, just like a little more mellow. Maybe I should. I no. Yeah, and that's not a disagreement She's, though. Disagreement how to behave, right? <laughs> I'm controlling her. Um, you know, if you bring up something that might be heated, that it's not going to be. Like, but she's not like gonna scream at me about no, politics. no. But you're That's no, I mean, we but, no, no. But you're yeah. like you're yeah. you're assertive. Yes, yes. I'm and I'm yes. definitely competitive for yeah. sure. Yes, um, who is more competitive? I'm pretty competitive. You are really, yeah. But you also know like the old school ways of driving me crazy. Like there's certain voices you use that make me so mad. Mm. Like some of those things still work somehow. Certain Oliver words you use, like there's still like. The stuff from, you know, when you're 12, that just like great on you that he would continue to do. I'm like, yeah. oh, like even with my kids, I'm like, you just are like my big brother. It's just, you're so annoying. Like, oh, we still that's have so nice. a little of that. Yeah. I know, but you're that's what, that's what your voice is. What's that's what the voice? For. Yeah, what is that voice? You'll just like, like the voice you used to make when you were like, you knew it would annoy me when you're like ordering from a deli. Oh, well, that's a comedy. Voice? That's a comedy. No, I know, but uh, you do it because you know it bothers me. You know how people like. <laughs> <laughs> So like that's never left, you know. It just sort of trickles. You know and everyone's oh, it's like a trigger, the same like, voice. Oh, I'm God, just like, I just hate that, that. thing. You I know, when you. somebody's like at a deli <laughs> looking in the case and they're taking too long uh-huh. and treating it like it's a real decision, and they like have their glasses in their mouth yeah. while they look. And mm, <laughs> the tuna salad looks good. See, how's that today? Like just the yeah, overthinking just, and over analysis. Yeah, 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 things like that. Yeah. Is that a good one? <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, something your siblings really bad at. Oh, okay. Let's see. You're bad at... um, You're bad at diving into the pool. Oh, you're a bad... What? You don't have a great dive. (laughs) What are you talking about? Too much of a splash. Too much splash. Too much splash. Too much splash. You're too big for it. You should just give it up. Why wouldn't... (laughs) You got to point... You got to point your toes, man. Yes. Why would you wait until this podcast to tell me about that? Because that's what this is for. We don't need therapy now. This is good. But couldn't we be honest with each other about our diving? Too splashy. I want to see the dive. Jesus. It's just it's too a big. Dive. Some people weren't made for it. It's fine. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to spice it up for you guys here. Okay. So what about your sis? Uh, what's she bad at? Um, she's she gets um, she's a bad driver. She's gets, oh my god. You get I'm upset. the best driver in the family. No, you get upset too quickly. But I'm right every like time. Like a guy's, he's got the signal on. He comes in, just let him go. She's. You have to have, it's good to be right. aggressive, but you've got to have some poise when I you I got to get you from A to B. Yeah, yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. Oh, God, Libby, I love you. <laughs> One thing you can do that your sibling can't. Dunk with a jock strap on is yours. Oh, dunk a basketball. He can dunk. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Still? Can you 44? Still? Haven't tried in a couple of years. Okay. Uh, who gives better relationship advice? I don't think we give each other a we lot don't. of relationship advice. We don't because um, we're better career advice. You give better career advice. You think so? I do. Yeah, you give really good career advice. I think my I think Libby knows always knows what to do and sometimes just needs one person to say, "Yes, you're doing the right thing." She okay. knows. Her instincts are great. Who's more controlling? Um Am I? Maybe. I don't think I you're controlling. Be. Really? I don't know. No, I, I'll go me professionally. 
and you personally. How about that? Oh, I like that. Split the baby. Yeah, yeah. that's good. If you're going to go on a trip, siblings, who's who's making the decision as to Christina Geis? My wife. Okay. My wife. Okay. Yeah. She, yeah. Sometimes she's just like, guys, let's yeah. do this. She's the best. She's a planner. She gets shit Very done. decisive. She's the best. Very decisive. Better secret keeper. Who's the better secret keeper? Willius. I am mafia level. Yeah. It's Are a, you? It's a black box. Nothing. People tell me things and they know it's just yeah. lots going to the grave. Who's more laid back? I think I'm a little more laid back. Oh. I'm giving myself a lot of credit yeah, for these wow. answers. I know. No, yeah. good. You're, you're yeah. The older you get, yeah. the more you're like, you know what? I can. I deserve yeah. to say that I'm Yeah. Pretty. I think I, <laughs> not always, but I maybe have enough perspective on life now that I'm like, Okay, right. that thing actually Willie's didn't like, matter. Willie's like, forget the questions. Look, I'm better looking. I've got yeah. better personality. <laughs> Let's yeah. just get down to it. I'm, the, I'm yeah. great. I'm yeah. the best. I'm hot. Yes. I'm the best in every sibling. possible way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The big winner. Who's the most rebellious? I think Libby a little more. Yeah. Um, Who was I, the most rebellious really. in life? Like, like when you were younger? I was never really, I was never a bad kid, I would say. I didn't no, do anything that cool. I think like that high cool. school parties and that stuff, definitely me. Yeah. No one was ever arrested? No one ever got arrested? Um, no. There were misdemeanor arrests, Oliver. Yeah. Nothing that would put me away <laughs> for any period of time. You never got thrown in the back of a cop car ever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fake yeah. IDs and stuff like that, though. You know? Stuff yeah, you yeah, yeah. walk on. We had a shop in our kitchen in Ridgewood, New Jersey, me and a couple of friends, and what you had to do was take the real New Jersey ID and you had to loosen the the adhesive. Yeah. So we would boil water on my mom's stove yeah. and hold the license over it. And it, the heat would loosen the glue and then you'd peel the top, the laminate off, yep. change the date of the year and then put it back on. And sometimes my mom would walk in and we'd be like, oh, we're just making some lunch. Yeah. She's like... Are you boiling a driver's they, license? How do they do that now? Because <laughs> licenses are so well, hard so to replicate. You, can. you can't no. anymore. No, I don't Poor think you kids. can. Poor kids. We had so much more fun. We did. If we you did. were running for office, would there be skeletons in your closet that would keep you from winning? I don't think anything that would keep me from winning. No. Um, I'm pretty boring you know, that way. I have a way. vision for this country that's greater than any skeleton in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nothing. No. Nope. I mean, I'm sure they'd find something, but it would be of pretty course. lame. And it would be past the news cycle. Definitely. All right, what, what about what about your first celebrity crush? Ooh, I love that question. I think mine was Justine Bateman, Mallory on Family Ties. Ooh, Ooh that's a good one. I like that show. Um, and she, yeah, I think it was Justine Bateman. Mine was, was Patrick Ewing. What, really? Yeah. Wait, what? I'm still in love with him. <laughs> Is that weird? I'm so confused. That's amazing. Yeah, former Nick. Seven foot center Patrick I just think he's the perfect human. And I've never (laughs) met him and I never want to because it can only go downhill. But, really? I just wow. That's I it's a weird one. It's a weird one. But it's but I get it. It wasn't I mean, even I MJ. It. it wasn't even Jordan. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean Ewing. I loved Michael, of course, but Patrick will always have my heart. Hmm. So yeah. Okay. First um childhood crush like kiss. My childhood crush and let's was your wife. Shout out, no, it was before that. It was um I think fifth grade Lindley Dillette at Glenn School. I love oh, these names. Lindley Every time we Dillette. ask this, Lindley Dillette. Yeah, I don't know where she is now, but I hope she's listening. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I tried to flirt with her once in fifth grade by stealing her lunch and then pretending I found it. 
Oh, Do you know what I'm saying? Cool. Like, uh-huh. hey, yeah, was... I heard somebody stole your lunch. She's like, oh, I didn't even know that. And I was like, I found it. <laughs> wow. She's what like, a hero. Did you steal it? And I was like, a little bit, but hi. And, the, <laughs> and that was the extent of my flirting. Yeah. That was my game. Yep. Yeah, it didn't work. And mine was Luke Fronfield, oh, who we call guy. affectionately puke still. Great guy. Um, great guy. And yeah, I think he would punch me on the playground and stuff. And it was really romantic. Is, and you still know Pukey? Yeah. Puke and I are still tight. <laughs> That's so yeah. cute. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite book of all time? Um, I'm going to go Animal Farm because I just reread it recently. Um, I read The Great Gatsby once a year. Kind of a boring answer, but I, I love, like going back to the old book. stuff where they appreciated nothing in high school when you had to read all those yeah. classics. So now I try to go back. If you could have one other job other than the one you're doing right now, what would it be? Um, I think it'd be really fun to run a political campaign. I obviously not a mercenary, but to really believe in somebody and to fight for that cause and their beliefs and values. I think that'd be really cool. I always envy people like that, you know, yeah. that have that, like really believe in something so strongly that they want to get behind it and, right. and dedicate their life to a yeah. cause. Yeah. You know? It's not glamorous, but no. if you like um, the people who like the people who started with Obama in 2003 when he decided he was going to run for Senate, I know a lot of those people. And to be on the ground floor, yeah. obviously that's once in a lifetime, Obama, but like to be invested and be like, we believe in this guy. Nobody knows who he is yet, but just wait. And to have it turn out, that that's cool. I was just going to say, I'll let you know when I'm ready to run. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I want to work on that oh campaign. My God. By the way, that's, a, that's like a sitcom. That's so <laughs> hilarious. Is there a movie that you can quote from start to finish? Boys in the Hood. I couldn't oh. do it right now because I know you're going to ask me. But it, when it came out in 91, the summer of 91, I loved it so much. Bought the tape and w- honestly watched it like four times a week. I feel that way about that movie, too. I don't have a... I'm not a good quote guy. But I think that one I've watched almost as many, probably with you, I think. Yeah. But like Desert um, Island movie. You could pander Shit. and throw out one of Kate's movies. I know I was going to say. Probably I don't a want good to. Move. I don't try right. to. Yeah. Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Libby. I might do. Libby yeah. feels a like bit. a real how to lose a guy in 10 days kind of girl. Oh. I am. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Kate, that's an all-timer. Blazing Saddles was one Blazing my dad. Blazing he put that in when we were young and was like, this, yeah. is how, this is what's funny. When was the last time you've seen Blazing Saddles? A long time. You should yeah. put it in. I should. Because it's in. so fucking funny. It's so good. Yeah, I watched... Three Amigos. Three yeah, Amigos. Yeah, that's a great one too. All time. Yep. We did um, Fried Green Tomatoes was an early mm-hmm. favorite. Oh, Fried Green Tomatoes And then the Steel Magnolias, of yeah. course. A question that we ask every sibling, every group of siblings, um, if you could take something from your sibling for yourself to, to, to have as your own, what would it be? And on the flip side of that, if you could take something away from your sibling to make their lives a little bit better, a, a trait, a, 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 a stressor of some kind, what would it be? <clears throat> okay. Right. This is really good. I like yeah. this. Um, the takeaway. I think you... I would like some of your confidence. I think you know, like, especially because you've had success in what you're doing. I think you are speak confidently. You're confident in front of big groups. Like, I think you are really good at presenting yourself and knowing what you believe in and saying it strongly. I could use more of that. And then I think you also say yes to too many things. (laughs) So as we said, you get up at 
four-ish in the morning, but oftentimes I'll call you or you'll be like, yeah, I'm like volunteering at something or someone asked me to do this thing. And I was like, you just have so much stuff in your life. And he's a really good dad. And so I think, um, there are times where I was like, why are you doing like, it's the right, that's very nice, but why are you doing that thing? So I think you could take some of the stuff off your plate. So what she's saying, and that's a good thing. She wants me to turn my back on the charities that I help. (laughs) Not charities. Some of it is like, that's an interesting way. There's like hosting gigs, you know, like there's a lot of, you know, there's, it's like some people, I was saying the new year, you have a lot of people who go, I want to say yes more. And then there's a lot of people who's like, you know what? I'm going to actually say no. No. Right. Like he just is like, takes it all. He's like, yes, I can do all of it. And he can, I mean, he keeps it up, but I think you could like slow down. Um, okay, well, that's interesting because that's a little bit where I was going. I was going to say slow down and appreciate the things in your life because it can feel chaotic. You got two young little boys tearing each other apart every day. You're commuting into the city. You've got this amazing career and you have some. So I guess let me rephrase it. I'll take the guilt out because right. sometimes Libby has to go to Sundance for a week and she's missing something. Mm. Don't feel guilty about that. You got a great husband who's home. We're all around. And it's all building toward this amazing career and life and journey that's going to be, when you look back on it in 20 years, you're going to say it was worth it. Because you are a good mom and you are there enough. And don't feel that guilt. So I'm taking the guilt away. I love that. Ollie, Ollie, (laughs) take my guilt away. (laughs) Take my guilt away. (laughs) Yes. It's so relatable, though, even for even for myself. I mean, I have a lot of guilt, you know, when I have to leave my kids or I know, I know you need to do more to to feel guilty. (laughs) (laughs) You need to leave more to to feel the guilt first. (laughs) I mean, that's that's a separate it's a total (laughs) different podcast i love that yeah i can relate but it's true what about um something that you wish that you oh i had quality that you would have would love to have i would love to have some of your i'd love to have some of your visionary talent which is to say like to look at a big project and not crank it out and, and get it done but to like see something through to plan it out how would be the best way to do this to like step back from things which she does in her job and her career big picture thinking yeah big picture thinking instead of mine is the alarm goes off at 4 30 and gotta get a three-hour show on the air and then you move on to the next one to be able to she's she's a better creative than i am the things that they make and that she makes um will last well beyond any of us the things for the most part, things I do last until tomorrow, until we do another one. And so I would love to have the ability to, to be as talented as she is in leaving something lasting. Wow. Yeah. Good answer. I love yeah. it. Well, this has been so much fun. So I'm so fun. comfortable now. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you for taking the time. Thanks, your guys. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so Thank much. You. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson, Oliver Hudson, and Sim Sarna. Supervising producer is Allison Bresnik. Editor is Josh Windish. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mark. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 